Fierce Fan Media. Just want to get Honestly, off the podcast. You would- <laughs> I just get really sad because I just, I feel like when she mutes me, it's like she's muting my heart. And I don't like that. <laughs> Honestly, like, I would have never known that you'd mute them until you say that you're actively muting them, so. <laughs> yeah, really. Thanks, Jackie. <laughs> well, she did. Then you she just sits there and out. pouts. I do. I and then we go, Aaron, you Okay. I don't have anything to say. No, it's good. I'll just see you guys tomorrow. I'll talk to you later. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I've been better. I've been better. I actually haven't been muted in a really long time. You only get like that when you're wasted. And half the time I'm muted because you're saying some dumb shit that you're going to be like, did you take that out? I'm going to be like, no. I just sit through it. Everyone has to sit through it. I literally started talking one time and I was like, in my head, I was like, none of this makes sense and I was like looking at all of you and you're like and then you were like Aaron you're muted I was like thank god (laughs) it literally made no sense you know like when you're that gone that you're just like and then you guys remember when she was crying at the beginning of COVID because all the dolphins dolphins. (laughs) that's me everybody cried over that that's not weird the earth was healing itself and she was like Oh my god. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the weekly wind down. <laughs> I am Jackie D, the literary lesbian. I'm Stacy, the new age old school mom. I'm Erin, the geeky girl pearl. And I'm Heather, the handy femme. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, all right. All right. Look at her. Um, no. <laughs> Okay, so we have a guest host on with us tonight. Uh, so we're super excited to have Heather here. She's filling in for, I don't know, pick one of them that's missing. Um, okay, I am drinking Graduate from McGrail. Came in my um, box. I didn't think I was going to like it because I had heard it's a little bit sweet, but um, I don't think so. I think it's really good. It tastes way more like a like a cab than it does like a Syrah. So it's very good. And you know, after the first glass, it's all great anyway. So <laughs> Very true. I'm drinking uh, Martha Stewart's hard shard because you're always drinking the hard shard. That's what I do. Do you just like saying it? Yeah. yeah. Is it really good? <laughs> so like, I have a question because I'm not a huge Chardonnay fan and I may have asked this before. <laughs> so I probably did a, mem- <laughs> so I did a memory dump. I apologize. Um, this is for our new listeners. <laughs> um, do we have any? I don't know. Anyway, so um, is it hard because it's like a higher alcohol content or is it like more Chardonnay-y than like a normal Chardonnay? It's a little bit more of a higher alcohol content, which I okay. prefer with Chardonnays. Um, I don't like less than like 13%. Um, you don't need that weak shit. Red, but the uh, the crispness but doesn't of the wine, wine isn't okay. Wine like usually thirteen and up. It's I've never seen anything lower than that. That's well, yeah. Nice. It's usually yeah. Then it's, it's like juice. juice and it's sweet and it's not. It's gross. Okay. So I like the like the higher you can get, which the highest I've seen is eighteen. Ugh. Yeah, Jesus. it has more. It's more crisp. It has like more of a bite to it. I think. I bet. Okay. I'd like to try that. 
I, be- I bet. <laughs> I would. <laughs> you know me. It's going to get me drunk. I'm what in. type of uh, vodka are you drinking tonight, Aaron? Uh, well, you know. Tito's. Uh, actually, it's the Kirkland brand <laughs> because we had a friend here. I've missed a lot of podcasts in the last few weeks, and it's been like, I mean, it was like, why even was it? Oh, it was Indiana. Then it was, what the fuck month? Is it June? It's July. I don't even know. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm not drunk, by the way. I sound like it. Um, But I've missed like the last three. Because we had company, just like company after company. And I'm just like done. I love our company. Thank you for coming if you're listening. (laughs) I hope you're not. But like, I'm just so just like, oh, oh. so I'm really happy to be here. So, but I'm drinking Kirkland vodka because we ordered three of them. (laughs) (laughs) on <laughs> a drunken night and um yeah we got them all this is so, quite the scenic story. route to get to sorry i know i needed to land that plane <laughs> i really circled the airport on that one i apologize <laughs> um but yeah it's really good and i'm drinking a watermelon waterloo with it so so i could have gotten you tito's for when you're coming in two weeks instead of or i mean i could have gotten you kirkland you could get me anything. You know I'll drink. As long as it's not notes. like smearing off. Thank you. I love you. Are you Heather? I'm drinking a Golden State Cider, which is a Ooh. local brand to the area. And because I don't like drinking beer, um, wines can get me a little too mm-hmm. And <laughs> hard alcohol just sounds very, very hard, like difficult unless it's tequila because I'm a tequila girl um so I'm drinking I'm drinking golden state cider it's great it's really amazing I've had the um I haven't had that flavor before I've had the I think it was the apple one yeah Yeah, what flavor is that there's like ginger grass this one is jicama flavoring and it what I like about this brand too is the fact that it's not sweet I hate sweet ciders so it's a little bit more on the broodier side and and it has a nice little punch to it. So not so it actually just... more than a white claw. Yeah. It's, Does oh, it actually oh. taste like jicama? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> it just tastes good. And it's it, uh, this one's five point eight percent. Other uh, other um I guess other ciders can be around like six point seven, which is nice. So way stronger than white claws. Hate white claws. I, I thought Trulies. that was a white claw actually when you were I drinking it. Because it looks like a white claw, like from a distance. Yeah, but from, it's taller Florida. and thicker. It looks like a white claw. <laughs> Everything looks like a white claw in Florida. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Okay. So um <clears throat> let's just get into it. I sent everyone homework this week to I listened to Through Line pretty much every week. So if people aren't familiar with the Throughline podcast, it's done by NPR and what it takes is current day issues and it runs the through line of it through like history. So you can kind of see how it started, why it started, like the early events that led to where we are now. Um, and I find it fascinating. I don't bore you guys with them every week unless I think it's like a really good one. And I thought this one was pretty cool because they really examined what it means to be a mother in like current Western world and how the whole framework of free labor from women was essentially established by capitalism and how it 
really is undervalued in society and expected to be given away for free and kind of the trajectory of that over time. Um, so I had everyone listen to it and I wanted to know what you, your guys' like initial thoughts were. Were there any surprises or, or anything that you thought you were just like, holy shit, we're being like duped all of the time. I have to say this because okay. this was literally, I'm, I'm, I will go, but I will not <clears throat> bogart the mic. <laughs> I want, I just, the, the part when she said that, I can't remember the, the guy's name, but he was like the racist guy, like the total piece of shit guy. And he was, he essentially said like, the more educated a woman is, the less her maternal instinct survives. And I was just like, holy shit. Like the idea that that has continued into like, like if you look at like the political structure in Florida right now, where like you're banning books and you're in, and, and uh, DeSantis is, you know, trying to control everything that's being taught in the, in the public school system and at the college level. Like, it's just like, holy shit. Like it was just this really like, oh my God moment for me. Like I, had a feeling that that was always the case but like to hear it so succinctly was was pretty like well the whole idea of like white men the mother's like mother's instinct is a fallacy too right like they prove mm -hmm. that also and it's not that i like how they articulated that it's not that mothers don't have women or you know don't have an instinctual desire to be a parent but it's not just women it's right. people who devote themselves to raising children and it doesn't necessarily have to be a biological bond, which one of the reasons that it caught my interest in the beginning was because I, Lex and I obviously have a son and, um, you, you, at first, when we first decided to get pregnant, everyone was telling me to join these Facebook groups of the non-bio parent because Lex carried him. It's her egg. You know, we use a sperm donor. That's not a secret. And I was really struck by, I, I left all the groups because I just didn't identify with any of the, the women who were speaking in there. Um, cause they felt like really isolated and felt like they were missing out on this experience of like, they were worried they weren't going to bond with their children. They weren't going to have close relationships with their children. They weren't going to have all these things they were missing out on just because they weren't sharing a bloodline. And I'm like, I just don't feel like that's a thing that's going to like Lex and I do have very different relationships with Lincoln. Like she, she's inherently more of like a nurturer and stuff than I am. Um, when he's crying and stuff, he doesn't go to me, but I am the playful one. I do the things with him. Like, we both have like our, our own kind of relationships with him, but I don't think that has anything to do with biology as much as it does with our personalities. So I just, it was, it was interesting to me to finally hear that like, yes, this is a fallacy. You can care just as much about a child, even if you are not blood related to them and you can still have this parental instinct that, that kicks in. Um, and I think it also relieves some of the pressure, right? Cause not every woman is cut out to be a mom or wants to be a mom. And so to tell them that like you're biologically wired to have children and that's your sole purpose in life, it's not, it was just nice to hear some of the scientific study behind the fact that that's just not true. Yeah, that honestly, that was really, I don't want to say encouraging because I've never felt bad about not having kids, but Neither do I we. always, I, <laughs> right. Like it's like <laughs> sort of like, I don't one. you know me, I, I don't know if I'd be a good mom. I don't think I would be. I'd be like, man, I don't know if I want this kid anymore. Um, so I just, I feel like I've always felt like there's like something wrong with me, right? Because like, 
you sh- I should have this maternal instinct. And it's like, you know, in the car, if you like put your arm out and stop someone from flying through the windshield, if you put your brakes on too fast, I'm like, oh my God, I did it. Does that mean I have a maternal instinct? I'm fine. I'm okay. <laughs> Which is so stupid. But like, I felt very like validated listening to this podcast. So, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Stace, what'd you think? Um, I feel like if, it felt like two different podcasts to me, like how like the first part was about like maternal instinct and the second part was about like the history of, you know, welfare and that kind of stuff. So I think the second part was like a little bit more interesting. I learned some things, um, but the two things that really stood out was when the lady said, um, you know, they're kind of acting like the man goes off to work and provides for the family. He's the important one. The mom is less than because she's staying at home with the kids and she has nothing to do with like society. And she said, actually, we're the ones raising laborers for the economy. And like when she said that, I was like, wow, that's so true. Like, that was um, Kai. Yeah. Like, <laughs> got that. We figured that one. Experience. I mean, you that's know, so right? true. Like you're, you're just as important to the economy because you're raising these tiny humans to go out and be laborers and like be out in, you know, in society. So yeah, you're important too, of course. The other thing that I thought was really interesting is when welfare um, and food stamps first started, it was only for single moms. So they would come in and inspect your home. And if they found men's shoes or razors or, you know, any signs of a man, they would take you off of welfare. And I was like, that's crazy to me. I did not know that that like that's how it started. I thought like food stamps kind of like became a thing for couples that have kids that, you know, need help. Well, it was focusing on particular groups, right? It wasn't it wasn't just every single woman as a whole. It was the particular groups uh, that identified in, in, a, in a particular way that they were sourcing them out because one welfare wasn't accessible to minorities as easily as it was for white women. And so that was something that they were talking about as well that was really interesting. So for me, I don't know, just my mom, you know, is an immigrant that came up here and was making a living for herself. She never went into that type of thing. But for me, it was just like interesting to hear how that was something that people had to fight for in order to like cover basic needs, right? Yeah, I I thought the the interest well the welfare portion of it one was so painfully unshocking that of course it was right. used as a weapon against minority groups. And um the other thing I, I took from it from what Stacy was saying was it was also using it against minority groups regardless of their color to stay in abusive situations like Mm -hmm. or to get out of to keep them locked in because if you have an abusive guy that's forcing himself into your house you run the risk also of staying on welfare and when you're talking back in the early 1930s and 40s when divorce wasn't even an option that also kind of puts you in a hindrance situation like you could lose the ability to even take care of your children so there's all Mm -hmm. these layers to it And it just, it's so reinforced how women have been so obviously treated as second-class citizens. And then to find out then another layer of minority women are even third-class citizens. And so it's it's like this weird 
fucked up conundrum of like keeping women at bay always. And you can see the patriarchal impacts of it, right? So they like, it's the same thing they do in society, but they give women, white women, a little bit more power. And to maintain that power, they have to work against minority women. And it's just because there's only a certain amount of, of welfare or help that they're going to distribute. And so then you're pitting women against each other, trying to prove like right. the worth of it. And it's just, <clears throat> the whole thing was so gross to me. And then to find out it's all just based on this ideal, this like capitalistic ideal of, you know, making sure that men are able to stay in the workforce and keep women at home because mm-hmm. who, if men were the ones required to stay at home, they wouldn't be, if the roles had been reversed and women were in the workforce, you, you wouldn't have free healthcare or free, free childcare. That's what would happen. Right. Let's be honest. Like, 100%. Right. So maybe that would right. have been a good thing right? <laughs> because they convince right. women that it's, you're, you're doing it out of love where if it had been with men, it would have been considered labor. And right. they would have had to pay out for it. It was right. just it, the the whole structure when you, that's why I like through line. You start seeing how these structures are like built and you're like, fuck me. We never had a chance. Like no we one never. ever had a chance. Yeah, and we never had a chance. And they this propaganda into our minds for years. Like when they were discussing the welfare aspects of it and they were using the terms like welfare queen and, and some of those buzzwords. Yeah. I grew up mm-hmm. hearing people say those things. Like our-, yes. our uh, super Republican fathers bitching about because mm-hmm. I was born when Reagan was president. I don't think everyone here was. Oh no, Aaron was. I was. Yeah. And like hearing that regurgitated, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, they've been spewing out the same propaganda right. for my whole life. And we're shocked that nothing has changed. Like, right. why would anything yeah. change? They create these things. Like we we think it's kind of you know, like a the Trump effect, right? That the MAGAs are are regurgitating this nonsense information that they're hearing on their their propaganda networks. But it's been like this since before Fox. Since the beginning, yeah. 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 And it's all just a structure of power to keep who they want in place. Ugh. It's so interesting too, because I felt like in that just hearing well, hearing the one particular um activist johnny was that right johnny was that her name i don't remember it was the the one black lady that was you know that was being studied and they really don't have a lot of information about her but they have yeah so like that particular part really got to me because when the interviewer the, the the lady that went into interviewer she sounded like she was a white lady i don't know if she was or not but she went into interviewer And she was like, nothing stopped because I was there to interview her. Like her life continued. She was still doing laundry. She was still cooking dinner. She was still doing all of these things that were her job, quote unquote job, because if she didn't do it, no one would like, Mm -hmm. and it just, it just, it's so interesting to me how, you know, growing up, like I, I remember my mom was the one that cleaned the house always, always. My mom cleaned the house. My dad cooked dinner. Yeah, my, yeah, like my mom cooked dinner. My, you know, my grandmother lived with us for a little while. So my grandmother cooked dinner, but it was never, my dad never did anything in the house. My dad was also a piece of shit, but my stepdad was really good around the house. But my dad, like he didn't do shit. He sat in the garage, fucking rolling joints, selling pot. Like he was a fucking piece of shit. And I was just like, God, like my mom. Ra- no you know, never raised- want to be a mom. 
right fuck that right like i was like fuck men i don't want no one rolling joints unless i'm getting one of them like come on like it was just it was it just was a lot for me to take in and like i i don't i think i said this before we started recording but like i didn't really want to listen to it and so then when i was like listening to it i was like god damn it jackie like because it was really good and it like brought a lot to the forefront of a, a lot of things that i that i struggle with as a woman and it's just like to see that it's become that <clears throat> it's been this way for fucking years for fucking ever it's just like it's so frustrating it's like comforting because it's like oh okay cool it's been this way forever but like also like fucking frustrating because like how do we get out of this cycle and i think she said it perfectly at the end like we could just stop doing this <laughs> like we could just stop like women could just stop like and in order for that to happen we'd ha all have to get on the same page which might well, happen breaking the generational expectations right, right so for right. me gr growing up like I saw my mom always making dinner, always making breakfast, always taking us to school, um, always cleaning around the house. And then as we became older, I had the responsibilities of doing the dishes every single night. And my, my brother had to take out the trash once a week. Right. And so that was like, so they're, you know, they're, they're, educating you in a way of like what is expected out of the female in the house versus what's expected out of the male right and then as you grow older too and you're like this is bullshit like why right. isn't he doing the dishes like every other week or something like that right. and they're like no 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 that that's your chore and I'm like no like I don't want to do that so yeah breaking out of that generational expectation yeah. And I think also if I could just like add one thing, like I think being in like a, like a sapphic relationship, a lesbian relationship, like, I, like Gail and I, I, we've had our friends literally say to us, like, it's so nice to see that, like, if you cook, Gail does the dishes or vice versa. And I'm like, that's not how it is at your guys' house. Like, that's not like a thing. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, like I cook and do the dishes. I'm like, that's fucked up. Like divorce. <laughs> what? with that fucking piece of shit guy you know what I mean like I'm like there's gotta be this like but like then I look at like Stacy and Kai's relationship where like Kai does so much like outside of the house and Stacy does the inside stuff or and like there's always like this like these chores that each other are like doing and it's like this very cohesive relationship so I think like straight relationships can be very symbiotic but at the same time I'm, I look at some of my friends and I'm like what are you the doing with the problem though with that is they can be if if and it but all that burden then falls on the woman to nag the dude or right. the dude to take it upon himself exactly. to step up because it intrinsically falls on the female the expectation is on the female in the relationship to do it and you just get lucky if you're with a guy who also participates in that which it right. shouldn't be like that and I agree that it's generationally, we need to start breaking those cycles. And I think we're getting better about it. Like, I don't know, I fall onto the side. I don't know how I end up on like straight dad TikTok sometimes. Well, that's not true. I kind of know. How I end up on <laughs> but there's a lot of guys out there who are, who are trying to lecture other men now about like, guys, you have to do 50% of the work in the house. Like you're not, you don't, you're not one of the kids. You're a partner, like step up, stop whining. Like just no one wants to do the fucking dishes do the dishes. And right. I think the other thing that it pointed out was 
instead of it having to, again, be on women to finally say, no, we're not going to do this because it, it starts in the sixties, right? Where women are, you have women trying to commit suicide and all of a sudden there's this huge prescription drug addiction because women are miserable at home because they want to do other things. But I think that also paints the light of if you do want to be a stay-at-home parent, that's not inherently a bad thing either. But because we place value on everything in this country, why aren't we placing value on their labor? So when you look at like government work, when we have volunteers that come in from, let's say you work for Chevron, okay, or PG&E, we'll use PG&E since Kai's sitting right there. If you come in and you volunteer at our city, we have a rate of pay that's attached to your volunteer work that then that company, however many people you get, hours they work, they get to write off that certain amount as like volunteer towards a municipality. So that's a write-off for them. So if you have 10 people that work for eight hours, they uh, the volunteer rate in California in where I work is $26 an hour. That company gets to total that up and write that off, all right? Why don't we attach an amount of cost to a stay-at-home parent? Guy or girl, I don't give a shit. Guy, girl, they, whatever. That is also associated with that, that then the state or local government has to pay for. Because then you, if you start attributing actual value to that person, then I also think it evens the playing field with maybe you won't have as much animosity or pushback about men staying home too, because there's value in their work, which is why they don't do it because there's no value assigned to it. And they're brought And listen, it's just as toxic for them. Unless you're going through a divorce. Right. In this day and age where they will, if, if, a, if a man goes and makes a certain dollar amount and they're deciding to end the relationship now women are able to get half of what they make because if they are a stay-at-home parent then that's equating to all the work that they did right. during the lifetime of their relationship right so why does it right. stop there like why is it yeah why does it stop there? to it because we play a trick on men too we make them think their entire self-worth is tied up in what they can monetarily provide for their family and that's mind fucking to some men especially mm -hmm. men who feel like they can't get a job or their jobs are being replaced by robots or like whatever is happening. If they can't provide there, I mean, we've all read the depression statistics for men and the suicide rates for men. It's outrageous. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is because their self-worth is then tied up in this monetary number that's attached to their last name. And like, I just think like, I'm not opposed to the idea of, of a universal basic income that like everyone gets a certain amount a year, but before we went to that step, I would like to actually see a monetary amount tied to like care, caregiving inside the house if you have minors, you know, because how many, how many women, and it's usually women, and that's why I say that. So I know we have like five guy listeners. I'm not talking to you. Um, how many women <laughs> don't go back to work because it's more expensive to, to put their kids in daycare than to work? Like, yeah. So they stay home, even though they don't yeah. want to, that's not the, that's not what they actually want to do. And that's who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the women that voluntarily want to, and that's, you know, their chosen job. How many women stay home and sacrifice their career and their career advancement because they can't afford childcare. So why can't so we nuts. touch a monetary amount to it? Yeah. Yeah. Stacey, what are you thinking? I'm like, I'm, cause you're a stay at home mom, right? Yeah. It's. I've had like all these thoughts, but it hasn't been anything like that I would say out loud, but like, <laughs> I guess 
Uh, we went through that, you know, with like not being able to afford childcare. So I had to work nights and Kai had to work days so that we could pass the kids off really quick. Um, so, and it sucks. I hate, and I don't know if it's just me or if it really is like people looking down, but I hate when people say, oh, what do you do? And I have to say, I'm a stay at home mom because I don't know if it's in my head or if it's the way people look at you after and talk to you after it's like, um, like you have no, you have no interest in to me now or, oh, like you're lazy or you're boring or you're uneducated or you're like, they don't have anything to talk to you about after that. So I like skirt around it so that I don't have to volunteer the information. And that sucks because like, I'm just as busy as the people that work outside, you know? Exactly. <laughs> you have something to add? Uh, that's a really I... dumb thought process. Oh, Stay at home. That makes you like... feel good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like, man. okay. Stay at home mom is like the most important out? job in the world. You're in the house, you're in the kids, you run the whole shebang, the family, uh, nucleus as they call it. Like, that's the most important job in the world. Without that, like, I don't know what to say. So don't think that, my love. Well, it's, I don't know. I, I see it. Like, when I'm talking to people, you can see their response. Who cares? So it makes me not want to say, like, what I do. So I'm anxious to go, because I haven't always been a stay-at-home mom. Like, we had to... When we were starting out and we didn't have money, like I we I had to work too. So I've only been a stay-at-home mom now for since we've lived in this house. So six years. So like it's I make sure that I have everything done and do as much because when I think about like Kai going to work, I'm like, oh, he had to leave at 4 30 in the morning. He's out there in the heat. Um, he's like maybe he drank last night and he's hungover and he has to go and I got to sleep until seven. You know, just little things that like are in my head where I'm like, oh, I have to make up that amount that like Kai, what Kai's doing sucks. I have to make up that amount. So I'm going to do all of the laundry and all of the cooking. I'm going to have the house spotless. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to make sure I take the kids to the library and I'm going to make sure that they're like having fun today. And I'm going to do it just to feel like I'm worth what he's doing too. And I don't know if that's like... It makes a huge impact, though, because my mom was also a stay-at-home mom. She had her side career as a seamstress, and she, like, she was able to do what she did within her business because my stepdad was able to, like, lift her up to do those types of things. But to that point, from the child perspective, uh, I was I didn't realize how lucky I was until I went away to college to be like oh, my mom was there to like provide us with breakfast and like dinner and pick us up from sports and, you know, you know, always be there. Granted, it was a pain in the butt when I was trying to get my driver's license. And like, they're like, no, 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 we can like pick you up and drop you off. And like, <laughs> You're like no, no. <laughs> <laughs> from, from and, the child perspective. Like, it would, yeah. I feel really fortunate to be able to, because when I was working, I missed back to school nights. I missed um softball games I miss stuff and I was like I hate this it sucks to have to work nights because the after school stuff is you know like exciting stuff and like so now I feel super fortunate and I get to go to all of my kids stuff like everything mm -hmm. so 
I like that I get to do this. It sucks that in society, I have to be like, this is embarrassing to say out loud, you know, like, I think that's fortunate and you should be grateful for it because in, in the inner Bay area, like you gotta have two working parents in order to make a living out here or survive for sure. (laughs) I also think you're, you're in a good situation because you have a husband that's supportive of it and knows like how much you do and places value on it intrinsically. Like he values. And he still helps out around the house. Yeah. He still helps out around the house. But I also, I think part of that, you saying you're like embarrassed to say it. First of all, I think being a stay-at-home parent would be the fucking hardest job in the world. Like I tell people all the time, being a parent is the hardest job in the world. So if you're doing it like, I mean, we're all full-time parents, right? But you know what I mean? Like if you're there for all of the things, (laughs) that would be fucking hard. But I think that's also part of the generational bullshit we're talking about that's been shoved down your throat to say there's no value on it because we've never placed a value on it. And the only thing in a capitalistic society we place value on is things that we can attach a dollar amount to. Right. That sucks. That sucks. It's the stigma sucks too, because I find myself when people talk about like, when they ask me, what do you do? And I'm embarrassed to say it. I find myself like trying to throw into the conversation. Oh, I was also in the Navy. I also, I worked at, um, you know, the gas station for like five years. I, I find myself throwing stuff out there to feel like I have value because people seem to be more interested in that stuff. Like that gives you, oh, so you're not uneducated. You're not just, you didn't go from high school to staying at home watching, you know, like Dora the Explorer all day. Because that's, I I think that's what what people kind of like think that like, oh, you're, if you're spending all your time with toddlers all day, which is immediately what stay-at-home mom means to people. My kids are teenagers now. So like, no, I'm not watching Dora. Like that was my life, but not anymore. You're watching Riverdale now. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what people think. They think like, oh, your day is filled with Cheerios and Dora. So then they're like, you, you suck. You have nothing interesting and you're uneducated and you're not, you don't know what's going on in the world. And you know, like that's just where people's like brains immediately go. And I can, I, I can see it and I can hear it when they talk to me and that's, it's shitty. It's Those are shitty fucking people. Is if a dude were to say, oh, I'm a stay-at-home dad, everyone would be like, oh my God. The oh my God, that's amazing. so great. Oh Good my for God. You. How <laughs> what a sweetheart. That's so strong and brave of you to do. Journey. What a good so example patient. you're setting with for your children. Oh, oh that's so good. nice. Yeah. I bet you need yeah. Viagra too, honey. Here's a chewable <laughs> pill. Oh my God, like, stop it. Oh, you know George is <laughs> Oh my god, don't that guy. Don't even get me on it. Useless. Don't even get me started. Fucking Georgie. Fucking Georgie. He's a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> it's the double standard and it's not fair. Yeah. Like, well, I think you're worthwhile and I think you have stuff to say. Also, like I'm you're one of the smartest people I know. Like you're so well read. You read all the time. You are always reading news articles. You're always staying up with like cultural things. Like in my mind like just because, and but we're the right people to say that to, right? Like, you know, that's that's where it's like it's so hard because some people are so fucking stupid when it comes to 
oh, a stay-at-home mom doesn't mean that like you're just sitting around eating Cheerios watching Dora. Like you're literally helping your kids become grown-ass adults. And you have cool You're kids. raising children. Like you're raising human beings. Like no thanks, Tom Hanks, but you've done it and you've done a really great job. And like, God, when you, meeting your kids was like really amazing because they're so cool. Like Lex is amazing and Kira is awesome. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's really great. So I think that one, those people suck dick, probably a lot of it. And most of them for probably sure. Probably swallow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then like, I bet you they let balls hit their chin too. 100%. Like just chicken skin. Just, just a lot of chicken skin. Just like, just, I don't know oh, how it sounds. But... I don't either. I don't want to know. Don't talk about it. <laughs> I seriously, I just feel like the people that, that judge women, period, judge women, period, are just fucking assholes. Women that judge women are assholes at the end of the day. They're ladder kickers as, as Jackie has dubbed them. And you know what? Those, those types of people that try to make you feel bad for what you're doing with your life are just awful human beings that are not happy in their own lives. Like that's what I've come to find out. Aaron's been going to therapy. I've been therapy, people. I love it. So if if anyone's interested in listening to this podcast, we couldn't possibly, the people who spoke on it are obviously experts and there was a lot of really great interviews and there's a lot of insight to, of course, the systemic racism that plays into all of this and the patriarchal structure that we've built and kind of how they even were able to pit like the feminist movement against, you know, minority women, which was just mind boggling because we all should have been on the same page from the get go. Like if you're interested in listening to it, it's only like 56 minutes. It's called Labor of Love and it's on um, the Throughline podcast uh, and Throughline again, which is done by NPR. They also did a series on um, Roe versus Wade, which is phenomenal. It's so good. Ooh. It's so, so good. And it talks about the history and how the church actually used to not be against it and how they're constantly spitting out phrases in the constitution that they think would, you know, um, repel uh, abortion access. And that's just categorically untrue. Like abortions were common in colonial America and they were common throughout the course of history because it's not anything new that there are certain, um, gestational <laughs> encounters that aren't compatible with life. So if you're, if you have any interest in that, that I listen to them sometimes or I see the topic and I'm like, mm, I don't think I fucking care about this. And I do. The history of Monopoly, you guys, I'm telling you, you want a good listen? That shit was so good. That shit was ripped off by a dude stolen from a woman who actually created Monopoly. So I tell I've actually heard after, that before. Yeah, That's exactly. They told you know, you. Yeah. Oh. I tell people all the time. Wait, you've more of those to come out because you said that you were going to do more and you haven't done more. I since know. Then. You haven't done it listen, in a long time. The dumpster fires keep happening around here. Like, duh. Yeah, you're right. I do need to get back on that, though. Um, okay, so the second thing we we're going to talk about today was uh, a judge is going to a- allow a reenactment of the Parkland school shooting for the civil case against the security guard that was stationed there or the police officer that was stationed there. Um, and how they're doing it is they're essentially filming it. Uh, they let the parents go to the site and they're they're setting off you know, rounds and reenacting it um, to prove his guilt essentially in this case. And this is like a really, um, I don't know, different step forward in the, in the fight against gun violence in this country. And so I wanted to know what you guys thought about it. We'll start with Heather this time. 
<clears throat> Honestly. Well, you're good at this so, already. I don't need to let you go last. Yeah. I was like, well, you're an old pro. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, as someone who's experienced trauma and having to like relive situations, it's very traumatizing one, but when you're trying to get a reenactment of like how you would go and react people you gotta go back to psychology it's it's uh, it's fight flight and they're they, they're starting to use a, a third term which is freeze so when it comes to the reaction of that individual it, like it's hard to re I, I don't justify it because everybody has a different reaction to it and are you really going to go and hold one person over their like natural instinct and reaction when it was out of their control in the first place i don't know you're putting me on the spot here and i don't know how I feel <laughs> that's about what we it. do here i don't <laughs> know of you <laughs> so to clarify for people that don't like have any idea like about the situation it was a resource officer at the school and he says that he was at the door and he the echoes from the gunshots on the first floor made it so that he could not tell where the shooter was. So now the parents are blaming him for the kids that died within the first, you know, 15 minutes or maybe all of them. I'm not sure. But because they said, you know, they even measured and said he was 36 feet away from one kid that he could have saved had he run into the building. So now the lawsuit is against him for not running in blindly and doing his job, basically. And so they want to do a reenactment and people are saying like, well, it's not really fair because they're using blanks and the blanks are going to sound different. But also like, like Heather just said, you don't know what his response was. What if he had the freeze response, the fight, fight or, or freeze, you oh, know, like, so it's then. right. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and I don't know what the credentials for a resource officer are. Is he, is he a cop? Yeah. Is he? He's just assigned to he the school. He just gets assigned. Yeah. He just gets assigned. It's like a tour of like how they go on, like maybe they're on narcotics and then they're on traffic and then they're on like okay. whatever. It's a, well, so, I should be that clear. That's how point, it's done. Or like that position. That's how it's done like, here. I don't, right. I don't know. Yeah. Places. I mean, it could I be guess. different in Florida. I don't know. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's different in Florida. <laughs> Uh, well, isn't it also true that they run them through scenarios over and over again so that they're able to change that reaction right. reactive response but then again to that point like if you're in a school and you're a police officer what did it take for you to qualify for that position as a right you know like in the tears of cops and how things how, how probably cops not go, a lot right? in florida yeah, I mean, honestly, we're really, we're really w willing to hire anybody here. So there you go. There so you go. I'm really torn on it. Um, part of me wants to be like, okay, yeah, he should have with his training, he should have put his life on the line and run in and done his job. The other part of me is like, this poor guy is standing there, hearing the echoes and really confused if what he says is true. With is it coming from the left or the right because it was a hallway and the echoes were so bad that he was like, shit, if I run in and run left, I could be endangering kids by not like running at the, the shooter. I could get shot from the right or vice versa. So like I'm super torn about if this guy is to blame or not. 
You know, like I try to, I try to put myself in that position of if I were a parent, I would need somebody to blame. I know that I would, I would want to put blame on somebody, um, for closure and that sucks, but like, that's, that's how you're going to feel. But at the same time, I put myself, I try to put myself in the guy's shoes too. And think if it were true, if he were at the door and he was like, I genuinely don't know if the shots are coming from the left or the right. I don't want to make the wrong decision. If I'm the only person that can like fix this, I could be shot if I run left and he's right. And, and I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. Cause I'm the person here right now. Like I have I, sympathy for that too. And so I'm, I'm just really torn. I have, I have two things to say. <clears throat> One, make a decision, dude. Like you should not have just sat there. You should have went, you should have went to the left. If it wasn't at the left, you should have went to the right. Like the end, like Republicans and their school shootings could be, you know, taken care of if there was a man on on campus or a guy or a person on campus that had a gun everything would be fine la-di-da motherfucker sat there and didn't do shit like no sorry this is exactly the reason why we need gun control laws that make sense not Ron DeSantis signing some bullshit into fucking action where any Tom Dick or Harry can just walk around carrying a concealed fucking weapon now like this, in my mind, is exactly the reason that their entire argument falls apart about how school shootings could be eliminated if you put armed officers on site. Okay, first and foremost, no, fuck you. Second, this, you know what, if this guy was really that scared, like, I get it. Like, I am not the person to be on site. I should not be a police officer. I should not be on, I should not be a resource officer. I should not be there with a gun ready to jump into action. That is not me. I also am not that. That's not the job I went into. That is not what I signed up for. Like, I didn't go into the military for the same reason. Like, I knew that I'm not the person that's going to throw myself on a fucking grenade. Like, that's not me. And am I selfish? Is that? No, I'm a fucking coward. That's what that means. And this guy sounds like a coward and it sounds like he's like, well, I didn't do my job because I'm a fucking coward. And you know what? Maybe I'm going to get some hate for this, but I just have no fucking sympathy for this guy. And the reenactment portion of it is just really startling. And it and it makes sense because this judge was appointed by a fucking Republican, Jeb Bush. Like, it just makes sense to me that, like, all of this is just trying to get this guy into this spot where it's like, well, he was there and he could have done better, but he didn't because there were echoes. Like, you. Well, I think how long did he stand outside? Did he eventually go in? No, he waited till other cops showed up. Yeah, um, maybe, like, and I don't know if he went in after that, but he other like other police 10 minutes, 20 scene. minutes. Do I we think know? it was 13. That so here's time. my opinion. The I don't think it actually has anything to do with this guy. The Parkland parents have been very active, just like their kids have, in advocating for gun control. And I think this is a tool to help them advocate for that gun control. And I think you're right, Aaron, at pin, pinning down on the, like, they the constant rebuttal is good guys with guns stop bad guys with guns. And I think this is a perfect... I don't think to them it actually matters about this guy. I think they're trying to prove a point that, no, good guys with guns don't always stop 
bad guys with guns. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. you don't know if that's true until it happens. And how many how many children's lives are you willing to bet on that to test the psychological prowess of said protector? I also think um, I'm actually happy they're letting a reenactment occur. I was like, first, it was appalling and which made me think, oh, this is probably a good thing. Um, because I've said on here before, and I did get hate emails, and I don't care, I'm going to say it again. Um, I think we should show what it actually looks like when a child has a bullet in their chest. We constantly show parents grieving and crying and being, I mean, I think we should blur out their faces, of course, but I don't think people to them, it's like this existential thing that has happened in their head that like, oh, a kid died. But if you can, if you have any idea what like a 120 pound human being looks like with a hole in their chest, that's a very different reaction in reality. Um, like I, I personally think had they shown actual pictures of what those Sandy kids, kids look like, gun control would have gone in a different direction. Uh, instead, we showed grieving parents in a mourning community where everyone felt sad and they were able to push those feelings of just absolute shock and appall away. And Can I say one thing? Yeah. I don't want to interrupt you, but I do. But only because like, look what happened. You're absolutely right. Like, look what happened with 9-11, right? Like every fucking American has seen what happened at 9-11. We saw bodies falling out of those buildings. We saw everything. And all of us were all united and get those motherfuckers, right? Like we fucking hated Osama bin Laden. We all wanted him gone, 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 gone. That was every America was un American was united in that, right? And it's because we saw the devastation. We saw it happen. And you're absolutely right. If if Americans as a whole were to see the devastation that is actually happening to a human body, a small child, a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, whatever, getting mutilated by bullets, I think we'd be I in mean, a different I think we, we've all situation. seen... We've all seen the video footage from like that school in Texas where the body cam footage where they actually caught mm -hmm. the shooter. Um, I know a lot of people told me they couldn't even watch it because they couldn't handle seeing the kids actually being shot. Well, that's the fucking reality of it, though. And right. like, if you can't handle that, why aren't you willing to vote against it? Like, th that's the kind of stuff that I think sometimes we need shock and awe to to shake us out of our thoughts and prayers, because thoughts and prayers didn't stop that gunman either. And they're not going to stop mm -hmm. the next one. And I do think they're using this police officer as a tool. Do I think it's actually his fault? Of course I don't. He wasn't the one that killed those kids. I don't think he could have even saved half of them. Like, I, I think that's a lot of pressure to put on one individual. But I think the parents are using it as a tool for their fight against gun control. The same way a lot of those kids have now devoted their life to yeah, like David gun Hogg. control. Yeah, a lot of yeah. them have. I mean, they they were the ones responsible for starting the walkouts, starting the movements. They're the first ones in Gen Z to be like, that is, that's fucking enough. We're done. We're done. We're not doing this anymore. You guys need to get your priorities straight. You did this. You ruined it. You won't pass laws. You need to fix it. And I think reenactments and, and having juries have to sit in their discomfort and see what actually takes place and maybe it's good for them to see a police officer be that scared because how do you expect fucking kids to deal with that kind of fear and act in the ways that you've trained them with your with your mass shooter drills and your your active shooter drills and all these things how do you expect them to follow their training when you can't even get a police officer to follow his so i think it adds to like the the cauldron of chaos so to speak and to show that like maybe 
maybe the only way to prevent this is to stop loosening gun restrictions and to start actually implementing the common sense ones. Because like we've said on here a thousand times, the gun control laws don't work unless they're everywhere. Because we can have the strictest gun control laws we want in California. They don't matter when you can drive into Nevada and buy whatever you want or get whatever you want. 100%. Or you can go to Utah and get whatever the fuck you want. It's the same thing when they're like, oh, Chicago, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because you can drive fucking 30 minutes the other way and get whatever you want. Like, right. Indiana. We all get on the same page. And the only way you can do that is by showing the actual terror that takes place. And Aaron, you're completely right. Watching people fall from the World Trade Center change people's brain chemistry. Like it fucking but shook do you, them. Do you worry that with the amount of mass shootings that we have, because I know the school ones come up on the news the most, but we actually have mass shootings all the time. All the time. If we actually showed the, like bodies with bullet holes do you think that people would get desensitized i don't know if you ever Probably. get desensitized to it i mean they say like with like violent video games and gore sites online and that kind of stuff that kids have become you know more desensitized to that kind of violence do you, do you worry about like the public becoming desensitized if they see it on the news so often i worry more about all of our incessant uh, mass shooter drills training the next mass shooters. I do too. They know right? where like people they know are gonna exactly. hide. They know the response right. times. Yep. They know where kids are. They know all these right. apparatuses. They're building. Yep. They, it scares me more that they're building shelters in fucking classrooms to protect from these people. My my little boy is so fucking sensitive. He's so scared of like witches and monsters and he's two weeks from starting kindergarten and i don't have the heart to tell him that he's about to go start going through live shooter drills and that monsters are fucking real and he's gonna be really aware of that really really soon and that makes me so sad so for me there's never anything that's going to be a hundred percent right i don't know if people are going to get desensitized but what we're doing right now isn't fucking working so I'm willing to try the shock if it means something better for my kid at some point. Because it, he cries if he accidentally steps on a bug, like a bug that he's watching and, and following around. If, if that bug gets eaten or stepped on, it hurts his soul. And I don't know how to reconcile that part of him with what he's going to start experiencing in a few weeks. Like, how do you tell him that? Yeah. We're telling you to be excited about school. You're going to make friends. You're going to have fun. Your teachers are going to be great. Oh, and you're going to start practicing sucking on suckers so that you stay quiet in case some fucking asshole breaks into your school and wants to put a bullet in your face. Yeah. I don't know. And listen, I'm not, what was me? There's a gazillion parents going through this exact thing right now with school starting in a few weeks. Like I'm under but that's no what emotions. I don't get. Like these Republican parents that are so pro gun, like, and they have kids, like, why aren't they feeling the exact same thing that you're feeling? Is this because they have no fucking maternal Or they haven't gone through trauma themselves. So they're not sensitive to the conversations because they haven't been exposed. Yeah. I mean, they also I think really it's haven't... just not going to happen to them. They, they convince themselves. The privilege part. They yeah, convince themselves that Fucking these things privilege. happens in cities, not in their rural areas or wherever they are, where actually you... <laughs> nobody's safe from this. 
that it happens no, everywhere. There's nobody that there's no demographic that's safe. There's no there's no community that's safe. I mean, that that school shooting in Texas, that was a Christian school that had like top of the line security and fucking and those cops, listen, they did everything right. They did everything right. And those kids still died. They still died. So mm-hmm. like I, until something changes, like and and I I think honestly the people who I think the Venn diagram of people that are okay with sacrificing children for the rights to bear arms is the is just a circle with the people who think climate change isn't real because in their heads the the problem is so big and so massive there's nothing you can do about it so why should i let it affect me and my rights when this is a thing that just happens there are bad people out there that are going to do bad things the earth just changes the we've already put too many toxins in the environment the earth's just dying. what are we supposed to do the most we can do is just live our lives the best we can and go about our business and hope it doesn't happen to us that's a circle that's all it is and those type of non-action no moral standing people are are what slows progress they just are and unfortunately there's a shit ton of them running around in washington dc making laws Mm-hmm. I get Word. worked up over gun control. I get Texas like, real my fire neck. Up. My neck is getting red because it I get really so. It's, it's climate so... change. It's gun control. Climate change, gun control. They're very interchangeable with Jackie. It's Woo. like they're up. Most stuff. At the end of the day, it's impact it roll off my earth, back. But so. gun can gun control and climate change, man. It breaks my heart to know what Lincoln's about to turn into. It's going to be the first time in his life that he realizes. He he told us he has told us that he doesn't think there are bad guys where we live. Like their bad guys aren't real. They're on Spider Man. Like they're they don't they're not where we live. And I'm like, you're about to learn. But what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to say <laughs> right. protecting his innocence as long as possible? Yeah. <laughs> but they're yeah. about to take it in kindergarten. Yeah. Fucking kindergarten. Heartbreaking. I don't and think I ever went through an active shooter drill in my. You didn't. That's because we were in. Yeah, because we were in high school. That was when Columbine never happened. Yeah, we were in high school when Columbine happened, and it was shocking. Like, mm-hmm. I will never forget. I was at the middle school. I was I was a TA for the gym teacher. Shocking. Oh my god! You know and, I know you're um, gay. I know, right? Oh, and okay. she was a woman. Hey. <laughs> I had a crush on her. Shit, shut up. I'm shocked. Um, but yeah, like I remember being like, I went into the office to like write, like sign out, and it was all like unfolding on the TV in the office. And I was like, what is happening? And that I lived in Colorado at the time. So like our student council eventually like organized this like trip to like go there and you know, talk to everybody, but it was it was a lot. And but I never I mean, am I nervous about going places? Sometimes, like Pride, I was very nervous because I live in mm. Florida, which is like you should just stop that though. I don't like just stop doing that. Living in Florida, like what? Oh yeah, <laughs> like, like, like being worried—that's never gonna happen, Jackie. Um, I case you're wondering, like the last time, <laughs> the last time we went to San Francisco Pride, where it was—I mean, like packed packed you couldn't walk through the streets kai pointed out to me the snipers on top of a lot of this like buildings and was like don't worry Mm -hmm. like you know i know you're worried 
for me and I would have been like Kaya there's snipers be like no not a one <laughs> no they're everywhere there's snipers at Super Bowl I saw the pictures I know, and I was like, like no I'm shit. just thinking because it's like Florida like they're like you know yeah. any random fucker can carry around a gun but there's no like any there's no one to like protect you you know what I mean like because but I feel like I, I mean it's not like Florida. you got those meningitis oh, sales now I mean they're pretty slow <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't, it's not like a, it's a band-aid. It's not like, oh, you're safe now. There's snipers. It's okay. You're totally fine. Right. But right. it does make you feel a little bit better that you're not the only person thinking about it. Some right. people True. felt comfortable. Some people didn't feel comfortable having all those snipers on the roof. I can say that because right. I I was there, you know, when they were doing that and there was a lot of conversations around that where people, some people didn't feel safe because they were right. always there. So Well, and I, it was almost kind of ironic because there was a big yeah, group demographic pro- that's profiled. Sure. Yeah. Right. There was a big group of people marching in the pride parade that were against guns. And it was very like no guns at all. Get rid of all guns. Like not just like gun control. It was get rid of all guns. And Kai was like, it's a little bit ironic that these people get to like have their like freedom of speech and they get to say that, you know, what, how they're feeling being protected by somebody up there with a gun and i was like right well because like the no is... gun thing doesn't work unless everybody gives up their guns right yeah and that's never going to happen in america right. it well, needs to be the, universal gun control the reason it's well not just that i mean people can 3d print guns now like <laughs> there's just you can yeah. 3d print a plastic gun and you won't even go off in a metal detector like it's just the technology let me ask you guys this if they were able to develop an AI that could predict mass shootings, should they use it? What do you mean? Like if you were to write it, if you were able Taking to create- Just literally hurt my brain. <laughs> to create an AI algorithm that could scan people, that checks like people's social media, does all these things, that could place you in like a, a profile, essentially that like this person, has a 98% chance of committing a mass shooting in the next 14 days. This person has a 4% chance of doing it. Should they use that? I would say yes. Kai would say no. And I know this because Kai is very like about like privacy and like small government. No, because then if they're able to scan for those things, they're able to scan you for everything that you're doing. And I'm like, don't do anything wrong and you won't get flagged for anything. So don't, <laughs> I don't care. Scare me. I'm not doing anything wrong. It's a slippery right? slope. But, but the slippery slope thing, because I know Jax and Kai have the same brain a lot of the time, that it's a slippery slope into giving up all of your privacy. Well, because then you, then you, because they're writing have... lesbian romance, like, hack what? me. I said, I'm literally writing lesbian romance. Hack me. Right? Like, I have nothing to hide. I'm going to get my privacy, but then slippery slope. I think into... it's interesting when it's like the opposite effect where like I have a, a family member that is like, I am not going to ever own an iPhone because I don't want the government to know what I'm right? doing. And I'm like, right. literally like, like person that I love, no. Nobody fucking cares about what you're doing. So don't worry about it. Like, right. don't worry about it. Right. But also like, you have so much technology around you that could be like watching you too. They're like, oh, I don't still has an iPad. Phone, but that's funny part. Oh, come on. I'm like, but you have a flip phone. I don't know, man. <laughs> right. well, also, like, there was a really interesting uh 
episode on blacklist if you ever watched it where they kind of do that where they uh there's like a person that psychologically profiles people that has a certain gene and so they will like do therapy with them in order to um basically do a case study and for them to trigger an event because they can press those particular buttons within that person in order for them to like do a shooting essentially so i don't know if you watch blacklist but there is an episode on it my my knee-jerk reaction to like the ai aspect i do watch blacklist i haven't seen that episode though i'm like watching it on uh netflix so i'm not all the way caught up on them but my knee-jerk reaction because of course like mass mass shootings terrify me especially with it they didn't use to as much until i had a kid but i feel like you're so like i i don't know what i would do if something happened to him but um the I I would have said yes, we absolutely should as a knee-jerk reaction. And then I look at what the government did with misuse of power when the Patriot Act was put into place. And they used it against people that they should have never been allowed to use it against under the guise of they're keeping us safe from terrorists. But really all they did was harass and manipulate and control people that had never done anything wrong because the possibility of something was there. Right. So when I take a step back and think about it, I'm like, I don't know that the government could be trusted with that type of technology, even though I would love to see us being able to but here's the thing too people would take advantage of it, of that power because humans are fucking terrible people. Humans are terrible. Humans are terrible. Unfortunately. I don't know. I don't know if the answer is just like, because how many times have we heard in the last several mass shootings that like people notified law enforcement that like, hey, this person is unhinged and they have access to weapons and something should be done. They They contacted them and they still didn't do anything. They They didn't do a damn thing. The Uvalde shooting, they had a ton of warning. Like people had been calling in about this person nonstop and they still did that. His own mother tried to turn him in. <laughs> like, can you still... imagine your own no, mother? Do you, know the kind of, do you know the kind of like mental gymnastics you'd have to do to turn your, your child in for something like that? Like I would if I thought Lincoln was going to do something bonkers like that, but it takes a lot to turn your kid in. So why she wasn't taken seriously, I don't know. So she like- she was a woman. Meh. Right. So I don't know that I would trust. So you don't trust it when we tell you, but you would trust a computer. I don't know. I think it is a slippery slope and it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfy. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with it. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I can't I just... be trusted with that kind of shit, man. Well, so it's so funny because like Matt, Katie's fiance, is like so Katie's my stepdaughter Heather um so her fiance Matt is like he's like ex-military and he does not trust the government at all and I'm like bro like he's like don't they're the government's tracking you blah blah I'm like dude you were in the military like the government knows where you're at don't worry about it you're fine and he's always like bah, whatever I don't know but and I think he's like borderline like the government doesn't care what Matt is. I can tell you that right now. I know, right? Like, you don't give a shit. They don't give a shit what a cis white TikTok. guy in Florida is doing. I'll tell you right, that right, right now. Like, Matt, you're safe. Don't yeah, worry you're good. about it. You're on the no-call like, list. Don't worry. Right. You're fine. But it's so funny because I'm like, Matt, like, at the end of the day, like, don't you want 
to be protected. Like, if you could have known immediately where the enemy was when you were in Afghanistan, wouldn't that have been great? And he was like, ah, that's a different story. I'm like, oh, okay. But what happens when that power, we're, we're literally writing like a futuristic story right now. What happens when that power falls into the wrong hands? I hope you're recording Even this. when it's created no, with the well, best intentions, that doesn't mean that's who ends up being the guardian of it. True. I feel like that's like, already happened in like a listen movie. we're doing the whole ai thing in the third book don't i'm ready oh, for the book are you guys just like get the book listen get on air and she's the one ready to I'm, read the second no it's my fault it's my fault <laughs> i take full responsibility every hold up has always been my fault that's true am i wrong no, no. jackie's like yeah true <laughs> i love you but true <laughs> oh i'm just a mess i'm a mess i'm emotionally mentally we don't have time for that right now um no <laughs> so the, the next section is um heather wanted to do a follow-up on our discussion regarding the remake of the little mermaid i hold on one second i'm like yes and um just because i mean when i was listening to you guys talk about it and i'm sorry if you hear my dog because she's barking and now she's getting treats right now but when i was listening to y'all i was speaking to my my phone or my where I was listening to I think I was listening on Spotify of like replying back of what I felt in that moment I do that too talking about it (laughs) yeah no that was like a big thing and that's when I was finally reaching out to Jackie being like yo like oh we appreciate it I've been I was like I I I can see why you're reacting the way that you are but I just want to let you know that seeing you know, people of color or, um, cause those who are listening to us obviously can't see what we all look like, but I am, I am, I'm a mixed race individual. Um, I get profiled a lot as specific ethnicities that I'm actually not. And it's just like an unconscious bias thing that tends to happen. So I, I don't know like it it's been very interesting in my upbringing and and who I am as an individual today but when we're talking about the little mermaid and other you know movies or tv shows that are starting to come on air um how seeing those representations of individuals whether it is culture wise or just like somebody that's brown or or black and 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 being the lead role in a film how that impacts somebody like me because i grew up in the day and age when you know spice girls were popular and you know you have britney spears and everything like that and when I'm gonna like age myself right now in the sense that like i used to like practice the songs and do You're the not dances. older than Aaron don't worry about it <laughs> no, I'm actually younger than all of you. So yeah, okay. I'm very yeah, old. Yeah. That, sure. <laughs> but but so when you know when you're a kid and you want to do these types of performances, people would automatically profile me to be scary spice. And I'm like, no, I want to be baby. Like that's who I felt like my personality was or whatever it w- would be. And they're like, no, 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 you have the hair, blah, blah, blah. So so you're scary. And and I didn't like that because I was like, I don't want to be scary because you associate the the term or the name of whatever the label is. So 
when it came to the little mermaid seeing that representation on screen where like people of you know certain of color can be a lead role in a big film that was just so beautiful because you know if you wanted to be the little mermaid you had to be a fair-skinned redhead but like knowing that you know like seeing uh seeing you know people who look like me take on those roles that makes you think that you can achieve so much more if that makes one of the things I said in that episode was like my thought process and I have obviously I'm white I don't have any like skin in the game to so to say I'm just thinking that I'd like to know your opinion. Do you think that having a remake done with somebody of a different race is better than having a new princess done of different races? Like how they do, like Mulan or Yana. So it's a new princess that is, you know. So my take on that is, well, regardless of what we think or don't think, uh, Disney is trying to diversify their um their audience or their reach in one way or another and because they want to keep the classics relevant they're going to be recreating all of these movies every generation every 20 years or so so it doesn't it for for us it's gonna be remade time and time again in order for them to generate you know funds it's all about it's all about the money um and it creates um a wider they're they're touching on wider audiences regardless of you know so they're they they know what they're tapping into and and they're wanting to reach more right and we also have to remember like the adaptation of little mermaid actually came from the original writings of a danish writer back in the late 30s and that story is all up. types of yeah. <laughs> up. It's actually about so, a gay dude. Yeah. <laughs> so regardless, it's Cheers going to, the gays. to it's gonna be recreated in a way that's gonna touch more audiences. Um, the only difference is is like it's 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 mixing up the status quo of what people are un- like not comfortable with. Or certain right. groups aren't comfortable with, but they don't realize the impact of seeing people of color is. And I, hold on, I'm gonna go to my notes because I did take oh. notes on this too. Oh. Um, so don't want to mess it up one here right now. I was just literally gonna be like, <laughs> I, I so mean, she's invited. It's back. my first. <laughs> it's my first time on a podcast, y'all. I didn't want to like screw it up too bad, right? I'm a total notes person too. I'm just curious, like because I don't know, I'm I'm white, but I'm just curious if it it seems like to me, it seems like Tiana, Mulan, Moana, like those having those like new princesses of every race seems like that would be like a better idea than remaking them to be different races you know what i mean like it seems like that just seems smarter no because at the end of the day it's fictional where where all of this is coming from is from a fictional perspective and like so i'll I'll pull this is is the fact that like disney's remake 
making of of a film to will help children of color feel represented represented meaningfully and reaffirm their identities as uh as points of pride so that's where it's kind of coming from of like I understand that this has been identified as like a white role based off of their initial adaptation of the book that was written by a Danish you know author but it it's all about hold on I'm like where's my notes now before I mess this up um that films are always adapting like to an underlining social landscape and there's no reason why Ariel should not continue to evolve you know Heather I'm really actually glad you said that because I feel stupid now for not having thought of it in just the normal course of play with children that a kid even at age five or six could be pigeonholed into automatically being a certain thing like let's say you were playing Disney princesses they would be like no you have to be Mulan or you or you have to be Tiana or you have to be these things you wouldn't be allowed to be it and I I'm so disappointed in myself for not thinking of it in a way of like kids playing together because right. like Lincoln gets I never so thought excited. of that either Lincoln gets so excited when he, we watch a cartoon and the uh, the character has two moms because he's not used to to seeing it like one of the reasons he likes Llama Llama is because one of the characters they have two moms and like I'm just I I'm glad you brought that up because I had never considered it and we we talk about things from such like a like 30,000 view viewpoint I'd never considered mm-hmm. it in like day-to-day kids hanging out and having a play date kind of thing so, yeah I had to be when I played with the girls in my neighborhood I had to be Andrea from 90210 do you know how <laughs> embarrassing that is now to know <laughs> I think it's I think it's I've never seen I haven't seen the new Little Mermaid unfortunately like I just haven't gone to see it yet and I want to because I love The Little Mermaid. Like, The Little Mermaid is literally one of my very favorites. Like, it's like that and Hercules. Like, boom. But one of the things that, like, I was disappointed in as, like, a fan was that even though I I love Melissa McCarthy. Listen, I would take a bullet for Melissa. I was disappointed that she was cast as Ursula. Because I felt she should have been, like, Lizzo should have been the role the Lizzo's breakout role. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I, uh, me as like this white chick is just like, I'm, I'm thirsting for more like black representation, ethnic representation, because I think overall, it just brings so much more depth to a role that already exists, right? Like Ariel exists it doesn't matter what color she is. She exists, right? Like, but to see her as a white and then also as a black is just very like exciting because it brings so much more emotion and, 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 um, I don't know, I'm drunk, but like, it's, it's just this idea that like, I know it's like my fourth, what? I don't know. Uh, third, I don't know. Um, but like at the end of the day, like, I just feel like it's, it's very much this like idea that when you provide more into something, like all of this information, all these different cultures, all these different like viewpoints, the role becomes universal. 
it becomes this thing that can unite instead of something that can divide. You know, <clears throat> a lot of like I one of my really good can friends. Can I read is, a quote real quick? Can I read a quote from an article yeah. that I pulled? Um, literature and media play a big role in a child's development as they learn about the world and moral values through stories, representation of children own ethic, ethnic and racial group is important because it helps them form a perspective, not only of their own race, but of others too. Yes, absolutely. It, that's so. so true. And I, as a white person, like, like, if I didn't have Black storylines, Hispanic storylines, if I didn't have these things in my life, Asian storylines, if I didn't have these things in my life, I'd literally just be like, let's go Grey's Anatomy. Like, like, come on. Like, I just, I'm, I am thirsty for more. I want to read and learn and see these other storylines on, on my screen, <clears throat> on my my feed, whatever. And to see it and to experience it is very exciting. And you know what? Fuck Ron DeSantis. Yeah, I'm fucking woke. I'm woke, bitch. I'm woke. And you know Ooh. what? I love it. And I yeah. think it's good. <laughs> I think it's good. I, I really am like, do you remember like when we had, didn't we have Blessing on? Mm -hmm. And it was just such an eye-opening podcast for me because at that point in time, it was very much like Black Lives Matter was really gaining like steam, right? Like, and me as someone who had no idea the impact and was very much did not understand my own, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Privilege. Like, it's it was just really enlightening. And so, as this carries on, it's just it's just it's just really it's really good, and it's. I'm drunk. But do we think it would do more justice hearing <clears throat> that now, hearing your perspective, Heather, um, and things I didn't consider before? Should they be remaking them in live action or remaking cartoons? Or does it matter? Or does it matter? It doesn't matter because uh, at the end of the day, they're evolving. So they're not always going to go back towards the cartoon experience because they're having the capability of. Um, of uh just providing in in a different way or a different perspective that is relatable or can be relatable um it's the same as like pixar versus cartoons like people tend to like lean more towards pixar because cartoons can be a little bit more on the child focus end so when you make it live action it's people are more willing to i guess connect in one way or another um and who knows where we're going to be 20 years from now and how they're going to go and, you know, show media the way that they do. So it's, it's always evolving at the end of the day. Like, I don't think that it needs to go and backtrack because you also have to remember, too, um, I was like, speaking of Cinderella was remade, you know, with uh, yeah. what's her name? Uh, Brandy. Um, Brandy. Yeah, Brandy. Huh? Brandy. Yeah, with Brandy. Yeah. And was it, it? That wasn't like a nobody yes, cares. Nobody yeah. cared. But because and of Queen where Latifah. we are in society. And, yeah. Queen Latifah. Where we are in society. She, she like, was in uh wasn't oh, it like yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like also, like, did anybody throw a fit about the Lion King? Like, they were all cast as as black actors. One. Like, 
the the live action lion king well live action i mean they're not really like <laughs> real lions but you know what i mean like but, but like, it's a new, newer and, adaptation like right. it's a newer adaptation of the right. movie so absolutely i wonder if you could just say all the stuff the that that you wanted to say because i feel like we interrupted you kind of a lot yeah i know i did i'm i'm I awful at that i know i'm sorry I'm gonna. No, if I'm you gonna, do, like, at the end of the day, I'm gonna give you a thumbs. Yeah. At the end of the day, representation matters, and and as an adult, seeing it more and more on screen, um, there have been moments in time where I'm crying because I'm like, holy fuck, like this is actually being shown, or like you know, I I am of like Asian descent, and and so seeing movies like Elemental where I actually really connected with Ember and, and her character a lot more because that's how I grew up, you know, being of a, a daughter of an immigrant and, and, and adapting to the culture while also trying to appease my parents. Like those types of representations on screen, they, it, it, it's shaking it up to that point of exposing you in a way that you would never have thought about before because that wasn't your initial upbringing right yeah so I feel like Pixar movies are introducing topics very subtly that like mm-hmm. yes th- yeah. they're almost hidden I but they're it. also there Pixar's like, crushing with, it like seeing Lucas, red yeah Lucas, Lucas, red. Uh, Lucas was gay like that was I don't care yeah. what people say. That was gay. Yeah. Like, Love and um, I think it was Inside Out, like depression oh. and anxiety yeah. and like preteen angst and like, totally. I can't even like the movie Luca. Luca? Yeah. Luca. I know. Oh. We're seeing Elemental oh. on Tuesday and I'm super excited because I saw a mom talk about how she watched it and rethought her relationship with her daughter and her and the rules that she had for her daughter and oppressing her and now i'm like well now i'm freaking curious now i need to watch it <laughs> right yeah well, like up even like when you see carl go through the stages of grief right like it's it's so important disney picture and miscarriage so but it's like a way yeah. for, for parents to be able Death. to introduce like things that are going on like in their lives right to yeah. their children in a way that they might be able to understand or, or associate with. Like right. when you're talking about depression or, you know, as a kid growing up and navigating through societal pressures and what their brains are going to think right. like, or coming Coco. from like, yeah, just coming from different um, backgrounds. They've right. been really great about it in a way that is received either with a great praise or backlash, depending on your perspective in society, like where you, you align yourself on the spectrum, I guess. So it, I don't know. I think that it's beautiful and I love seeing them every single time. And I will go and watch them on the first weekend type of experience because like, yeah, it's exciting. I feel like Disney and Pixar are gently easing in the topics but also kind of throwing them in your face. And that's what I love about right. it. Right. Well, I agree thing, with you. The thing is, no matter how much everyone says, like, Hollywood's fucked up and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Media does matter. Like, representation matters. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, when I was 
when I first realized that I liked girls, there was no way that I would have found TV shows with representation of that for me. So that leads to thinking you're not normal. Something's wrong with you because you don't see yourself. And now I can put into Hulu lesbian lead and they pop back up like fucking 15 shows where there's at least one lesbian character in it that will pique my interest. Like there's just media has come so far. So for as much hate and stuff as Hollywood gets and listen, it has its problems. Everything does. Um, I think Heather is exactly right. I, I didn't, I didn't realize the depth of it in some circumstances, but it, it does matter. It fucking matters. So, I mean, yeah. and I, I think it's great that you go and support them on opening weekends. My son just saw elemental in, um, well, they're in Pennsylvania right now and he's obsessed, which is weird. Cause he doesn't really like movies. He likes TV shows. He likes those like 20 minute snippets of things, but he won't stop talking about it. He loved it. He had such a great time. And That's so it's awesome. nice to think that like those things, like he was obsessed with um, Moana for the longest time at like the mm-hmm. longest time. And he was obsessed with Black Panther. And like, there's those things that I know like intellectually are going to be good for him in the long run because he's not growing up with just the cookie cutter versions that we grew up with. Like Mm -hmm. to him, he watches my little pony and thinks nothing of it because he likes the horses in, in his head. That's not a girl show. That's just like, he likes all the colors and stuff. So he's not growing up with these harsh stereotypes surrounding him that are going to impact like how he views women, how he views people of different races. Like all of that stuff plays into it. And Heather hit on it perfectly because he's being exposed to so much more than we were. As, I'm telling you what, these future generations, they're going to fix it. Yep. It's a lot of pressure, Gen Z, Gen Alpha. Uh-huh. You, you got some somebody, shit to fix. I saw a quote today that was somebody asked, Why would you want to bring kids into this fucked up world? And the person answered and said, It's okay because my kids are going to fix it. My kids are so like, like, um in tune to like what's going on they're gonna fix it so that's why i bring children into this world and i was like what a great answer it's i think i said it on here a while back um because i had like an existential crisis about bringing a kid in with climate change the way it is because there may not be a fish in the ocean when he's our age but um i had read this quote about don't be worried you're raising dragon slayers don't be worried about dragons just raise dragon slayers And like, I try to think about that every time I get like real overwhelmed of all of the horrible shit that goes on. Like, it's not over yet. You know, it's not over yet. So hopefully with the way things are going with media and the conversations we have with kids, like my wife just brought home a children's book explaining, um, you know, diversity in different races and different families and stuff so that we can start having those like deeper conversations with him as he's getting ready to go to school. Cause he's already exposed to a lot of that in daycare, but you know, kids ask awkward questions sometimes. <laughs> so having a little bit of background to it that he has like a reference point for it will be helpful to him in, in realizing that, you know, it, it's okay. Like people are just different and it's, there's nothing wrong with that. And you can, we're friends with them and it's okay. And you know, it's okay to be friends with them and you don't need to outside them or other them or whatever. Um, which is part of the process of raising the world's greatest predators, which is white men. So, uh, <laughs> um, 
Stacey, you got a pop culture update? You're running out of time, though, so you better make it quick. Yeah, I, I figured I was out of time, but I'll do a quick one. So um, have you guys heard about Rudy Farias? I've only heard of Taylor Swift. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I was like, okay. who, is, who is this? So I don't know Rudy if you know, Farias. Taylor Swift just released two albums, beyond? so I have no other bandwidth. Right. For right. Taylor, we'll do it quick. Taylor Swift is I was all the time on my timeline. Just for our listeners, I was going to do the break in the John Bonet Ramsey case. They have a new guy um, oh, that shit. actually admitted to killing her. What? But, and he He's has been in their house. He friends. has. Um, pictures of her there's a ton of evidence against him but he also has a ton of pictures and articles and stuff he's collected offline and is obsessed with her so they're trying to figure out if he's just an obsessed fan or if he's the real killer so oh i will do an fan. update next he's week updated. because yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. big news like, I am not it is invested. huge it's huge so rudy Puppy and taylor swift yeah that's <laughs> rudy farius went missing when he was 17 in 2014 um his mother reported him missing when he uh was out walking his dog and didn't come home he has been in the news as where's he from missing. sorry where did uh, it happen shoot texas oklahoma nah. yeah i want to say maybe it was texas um he has stayed a little bit relevant um just as a missing person but because he was so much older it was kind of He's an adult now, you know, like if he ran away, he's not a, he's not a young child. So it didn't seem as like relevant, you know, as like a child would be. Um, he was reported found and he was in the hospital when they reported it. And they said he was found on the church steps by uh, a concerned citizen, saw him on the steps of some church, uh, church and they called the cops and they said, this person is bloody and bruised and seems distressed. Can you just come check it out? They pick him up, figure out who it is because he had a necklace on that was a memorial of his dead brother. And that's how they identified him is that he was still wearing the necklace he went missing wearing. So they took him to the hospital. He wouldn't speak. He um, seemed very traumatized. They kind of assumed that he was in some sort of very abused situation. Kidnappers, trafficking, whatever happened to him, that he had been very abused. It slowly started coming out as it was on the news. His neighbors um, said, he wasn't missing. We've seen him. We've seen him for the past 10 years. Like, what are you talking about? He was at home. And little snippets have come out. The neighbors say he used to come out and hang out in our garage and like play games with us. And we've seen him coming in and out of the house. And what are you talking about? It turns out that the mom, it's a, a Gypsy Rose case. The mom, after he went missing, said, told him when he came back the next day, because we reported you missing and all these cops came out and we used their resources. You're going to be in trouble now and you're going to go to jail if you admit that you had just disappeared for a day. So now you have to pretend that you're missing and you need to hide in our house. She drugged him. She abused him. She manipulated him. She um, munchausened him, think, making him think he was sick. Um, did all these different things to keep him at home and keep him pretending he was missing. Um, brainwashed, completely brainwashed him. Mm. He's now 25, I believe. Oh my and God. he says he just wants to be a part of society and have a job, but 
his mom has basically ruined him. Um, he, uh, one theory is that when his brother died, he left him his um, life insurance. And the mom found out that if he went missing for a certain amount of time, I think it was a year, that the insurance, the the life insurance would go to her. So that's kind of a theory of what? why she tried to keep him missing. Damn. Yeah. So a lot of little snippets. He was just found last week. So a lot of little snippets are coming out um, of what's going on behind the scenes. I'm really anxious to see because that mom needs to be in jail. Yes. 100%. Um, I'm curious what what's going to happen, basically, because this case is crazy. Every time you think it couldn't get be more crazy, it gets more crazy. Now with the Munchausen thing, they're saying that when uh, back in like, I want to say 2011, he was in the hospital for um, having cancer. And he was having transplants or and uh, blood transfusions and some sort of transplant. I don't remember what it was. And she was on the news, and the news um, clip is on is going around TikTok where she sits in front of the camera and she says, "My son is in the hospital. Like any help is like welcome. Like just prayers. Um, we don't have money. You know this type of stuff. He's um, he's been in the hospital for thirty days now. Like." crazy stuff so and that was before he even went missing so i'm really curious what's going to come out more about his medical conditions because it turns out he never had cancer so how did how did she have this documentation of him being in the hospital with cancer you know like can't wait to hear more about it so that's rudy farius and that story and we'll i need to adjust my it. algorithm yeah, I don't know how you haven't heard about that. Puppies this. and it's, Taylor Swift aren't cutting it, obviously. It's big time. <laughs> and, and white straight guys. Like, what is that about? Straight it's big time. TikTok. I don't know how you guys haven't heard about it. It kind yeah. of it reminds me of the Netflix series, uh, Victim, what is it? Victim Suspect, where women will be told that they're not, like, they didn't go through it, that type of trauma because the police told them that they would like basically tell them that they it didn't happen to them so they would make that false report and then they would end up going in jail because they created a false report what? that's where that's where I was, yeah if you haven't watched it it's on netflix netflix okay. it's called immediately Victim interested suspect immediately interested. <laughs> put me down wow. for two yeah yeah wow it, that's crazy yeah they say um rudy was the neighbors that saw him throughout the years that he was missing say he was actually going by the name Dolph and they figured out it's because his name is Rudolph. So it, instead of Rudy, his, once he went missing and came back, came back in quotes, um, he went by Dolph instead. And that's why they weren't sure if it was the same person. People are so didn't look the same. fucked up. Right? Your algorithm exactly the same. It was literally a day later. Yeah, your algorithm. You know what would be a fun game to do is all switch phones, like algorithms for yeah. a day, so you could see like Literally. what we watch and like what right? you watch. Yeah, yeah. I'd be right? like, this would be me watching. I'd be like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Aaron's anxiety can't handle it. She wouldn't. Fall I can't handle it. Yeah. I can't handle it. We'll give it to Jackie. <laughs> uh, we're gonna skip space corner. 
Um, even though there was a major discovery found this week, but I'm going to let Julie do that. Is she coming or is it? I nerd out every single time you all talk about it. It's one of my favorite like parts. Okay, of I'll do it then. Show. They were actually oh, able no, to, oh, they were actually wait, wait, able to wait, prove wait, wait, that. Time out, time out. What? Jackie is what? here with Space Corner. Oh, Carry on. <laughs> They're actually able to prove that time isn't linear. What? Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you! I can't it. It's wavy. No! So it's actually possible that there are several different versions of the universe that exist. I don't know if that's no. what Julie was going to cover, it. but... Can you send me some links? Because I need to be thoroughly wrecked. Like, like <laughs> this is not something that I can just like yeah the universe and just so what they were able to do so first they discovered stars in our galaxy that are actually older than the solar system and oh what that God. led them to discover is that time isn't linear the way that we have always assumed that it is and it doesn't mean that it's also not but it also means that it there's allowances for waves in our time continuum so if there's waves in it though that means there's there's valleys in highs which means there's probability that there is actual other like dimensions that exist and that was always a theory in quantum physics but they've now been able to prove it so it's completely possible that it? there are multiple versions of us that exist in other dimensions you know i hope the other me is just happy and i doubt just that free. yeah no i think I, your anxiety have... transcends <laughs> oh my god it <laughs> so that's now a scientific oh fact so uh the closer we come to this prognosis of um our existence which also means the likelihood that there are planets with other life similar to ours is also very high and we can't necessarily identify them because time isn't linear it's it's in waves so i mean let's be real i need two things to happen one i need oh. i need some links i need some tiktoks so you okay. need to send them to me please thank you i uh if you would like <laughs> i would like those things if you could possibly fit it in your day uh, yeah. that wasn't the most pisces thing that's ever so happened pisces, i was like yeah. i need it but only if you do it only like, if it's convenient it's, 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 it's fine i'll figure it out on my own it's fine but also, what the fuck? What the fuck? This is, listen, I mean, you know how they always like talk about like Pandora's box and when you open it, you're like, whoa, I shouldn't have fucking opened that. This is what's happening right now. All of us, like talking about shit, discovering shit. <laughs> this is a lot of shit. Well, and they've all they've pretty much admitted that aliens exist we have encountered them and we may or may not be in like communication with them okay so but, like that the fact guy... that julie missed space corner i feel like that's on her and like the okay. fact that i shared it is not my fault so that guy also the in fact mexico... that i was like i love it so you need to share it <laughs> right like that guy in mexico with the vamanos children like that yeah. that was real that was fucking real. That was a real alien. That and I real. think we're seeing them more and more now because I think the aliens oh, are driving by and checking us out like we're a house that's about to go into foreclosure. Like, 
We're about 100%. to one hundred percent. We're gonna step Don't in say that. and just take it over because <laughs> y'all got some I'm, natural resources here that we could use. So I one hundred percent believe that, and I've said this from day one that it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be pretty. It's not gonna be like, hey guys, we're just coming by to see what kind. Of, can we borrow a cup of sugar? No, that's not what it's gonna fucking be. This is why no one sends you TikToks about this, Erin. Huh? What'd you say? No one sends you TikToks about this because you implode. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, you're not wrong. Oh, but wait, that's also, right. You hate space too, right? I, Sorry. I, I mean, listen, so this is my thing. Okay. Like, I enjoy it, but I don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. Also, I am convinced, convinced that whatever alien invades us will annihilate us this will be fucking world ending unless tom cruise is involved and edge of tomorrow no one wants tom cruise to save us will smith will smith for sure will smith okay first of all no he would punch in the face first tom cruise maybe a little nutty but have you guys actually seen edge of tomorrow it's literally one of the best movies ever no one watch it before you judge it before you don't watch captain marvel and then watch secret invasion is what i'm hearing on Disney Plus. So the only reason you'll talk me into a Tom Cruise movie that Edge of Tomorrow is because Emily Blunt is in it. Yes, and she's she's always hot. Like that's the only reason I'll watch Tom Cruise. She's even more Jack Reacher because the books were amazing, but then they cast Tom Cruise as Jack Reacher, which was absolute garbage. Okay, first of all, the Mission Impossible movies are okay. We're obsessed with. So we're done. Okay, Okay. cut off. Yeah, I like that you're cutting me off when this is my fucking obsessed with. Okay, go ahead. Do your obsessed with. You have thirty seconds. Um, my obsessed with is fucking Mission Impossible Seven coming out, and I'm really fucking excited because I love Tom Cruise. And you guys can all fuck off because on the on Monday when I go see it, I'm going to post a blog post about why I actually a blog. A blog, <laughs> yes. But also, like, it's going to be amazing because at the end of the day, the reason I love Tom Cruise is because my best, one of my really good friends, Julie, who I love more than anything, died of colon cancer. Fuck every hater out there, and she's the one that made me like Tom Cruise. The end. Also, Noah Kahan's album Stick Season is amazing, and if you're not listening to it, you should be. And Boy Genius the end i think i was in at 31 seconds was um, oh i don't know what that was yeah that was okay first of all you're the one that told me i only had 30 seconds that's not fair for you to then criticize my delivery i don't know mute me mute me (laughs) thanks for the obsessed with this week um okay so now that you guys have said that your algorithms are all swift, um, <laughs> swift <laughs> I don't talk. know if you guys have read a lot of stuff about the Sound of Freedom movie. Oh, is that the um, is that the super MAGA movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With so, the flag. I have two flag. I have two oh. things that I'm obsessed with. Number one is I am going to go watch this movie, and we are going to talk about it because I'm sick and tired of hearing how much this movie is like affecting people but also everybody says if you try to go see it they'll say that they're sold out the fire alarm will go off in the middle of the movie something will happen oh, where you don't get trafficking to watch thing yeah. yeah 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 so i have to go watch it and we're going to talk about it on the podcast 
Okay. Number two, um, I went to go visit, I, my family, my husband and daughter, um, went to go visit my oldest daughter on her Navy base in Banger. And Banger. it was really, Banger. So it was really cool to see how her and her wife have created this little um, family unit in their new little house. Their house is adorable. I love it. The base is really cool. It's really um, family oriented and super nice base. It's all woodsy. Um, we went for a little hike right out her back door and ended up in the middle of the woods. There's bears on base, tons of deer on base. Like this base is huge and forest. Those deers are and, tracking you. Fucking. And <laughs> it was really cool to see um, how they're doing. Um, and then we went to um the place where if you guys have watched the twilight movies where they go to la push beach is actually like a real indian reserve so we went there and native american um, reserve not indian sorry sorry native american reserve my bad and and reservation that hard shard that hard shards kicking her ass. Yeah. it's kicking my ass i'm not gonna try to pronounce it because i can't um it starts with a q and the way they say it in twilight is not the way that it is written out and i will not try to pronounce that it was really cool um it's a very rocky beach which i like um, lots of driftwood, lots of, um, uh, really cool rocks. You can't touch anything. You can't like bring anything out with you. It's very like, you need to be respectful if you go. So really cool to see. And then we went to the Ho Rainforest, which was on my bucket list of things to do before I turned 40 was to walk barefoot in the Ho Rainforest. It's H-O-H for those people that are like the Ho Rainforest, like my husband liked to make fun of. Um, it's, like you're in a different world. It's right in the middle of like Northeast Washington and you you're in forks and then suddenly you're in a rainforest. It's damp. It's um, there's moss everywhere. There's vines going up the trees. Everything is this green that looks like it's like out of a movie. It was incredible. Like you're in um, Jurassic Park, <laughs> you know, like, amazing so i got to stand barefoot in the whole rainforest before i turned 40 so that was really cool it was um spiritual and i loved loved it i wish we could have spent more time there but we didn't want to spend time away from my daughter and it was a three-hour drive to get there so it was a quick trip but very cool so glad i got to do that heather what are you obsessed with Okay, so two things. One, I need to make a correction for the the drink that I was actually drinking. It's actually actually Jamaican, not jicama, and I can be a little dyslexic sometimes. So I needed to correct that before people at me being like, "You got you're drinking the wrong drink." And then, second of all, um, so I one of my friends is quoted in a book. She's a solo parent, and um her midwife cr created a book it's called baby making for everybody and so I just started reading it I haven't re read it entirely but basically it it talks about the preparations of embarking on your family making journey and connecting uh, you to a growing community of other LGBTQ plus and solo parents 
who are paving the way for more families like mine. So I'm, I'm, I don't have children yet, but I hope to one day. And so this was a book that I was gladly ready to invest in to see what, you know, what it's going to be like. Cause when you go through this, it's very like specific to the heterosexual type of, you know, environment. And so to hear it from midwives that are, are also interacting with the LGBTQ plus, um, like, uh, and also solo parents, it, it, I just want to learn more. So that's what I'm obsessed with. Yeah, that's a good thing to be obsessed with. Um, I'm obsessed really with. Oh, what was your second one? Oh, no, 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 I needed to make the correction to the drink that I was oh, drinking. Oh, okay. So um, I was very curious about jicama flavored <laughs> drinks. So I'm very glad that not that it's Jamaica. So I don't know what it tastes like. I don't know what Jamaica <laughs> tastes like, tastes like but yeah. <laughs> no, it's really good and sweet. Uh, I'm obsessed with two things. Number one, um, Lex and Lincoln have been gone all week. So I've watched too much TV more than I ever normally watch. I'm completely caught up on station 19, which encourage everyone to watch. It's fantastic. Um, it's easy watch. It's like the Grey's Anatomy easy watch. Like, um, except I'm, and maybe because it's only six seasons in, I'm still like invested in all the characters, whereas opposed to Grey's Anatomy, like by the time it hits season 20, you're like, eh, what are you going to do? So um, station 19 is phenomenal. And uh, Stacy, my best friend since we were teenagers, turns 40 Can soon. Can I ask you a question? Can what? I ask you a question? What channel is Station 19 on? I don't know. Hulu. ABC. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've never even heard of this show. Hulu. That's how, that's how I watched oh, it. Sorry. Stacy. Uh, Stacy's turning 40. And uh, we're all going down to SoCal to celebrate her 40th birthday. So um, I pick my mom up from the airport tomorrow. Uh, Donna. Donna, Donna, double D. She'll be in Double town. D in the hizzy. In the hizzy. Hey, yo. Yeah, she will be here. I pick her up tomorrow. Uh, Lexi Lincoln come back the next day. And then um, Aaron and I and uh, Stacey Dempsey and Anne are going to Taylor Swift the following week. Oh, my God. This will be my third time, bitches. What? Don't. don't. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna fucking flaunt that. I'm gonna put a number three on my back with a one in front. Of I already told her. one thing. I can't connect with you all. At. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh I'm my god! Like... Listen, we will try. We're gonna send you a playlist. I Me skipped too. the episode when you guys were going into a deep dive. That's I was okay. like, I can't. That's okay. Aaron, I, did I used. To, I, I listened to her first album once upon a time, but that was as as deep Listen. as that. Okay, but that's so. just it. Like you need to, you need to listen to the new ones because what kind of music do you like? Can I just that, ask that? Right let's now? not do this. We're already okay. Two hours we're gonna in. do it after, after, <laughs> after. <laughs> so Aaron said, uh, "Stacy Dempsey and I were talking, and uh, we were talking about how if one of us happened to come across Mama Swift and be pulled into like the after show VIP area." That it would be okay. Just go on without the rest of us. It's fine. And she goes, I bet you it's fucking Zach that gets pulled in because she's already been twice and like screw her. And I said, if it happens to her, I'll slit her throat. <laughs> so <laughs> so maybe, 
you know what? That may be my last podcast after that. <laughs> I may be dead because Mama Swift and I feel like we have a no, connection. That's not a thing. Uh, would you so, die happy though? She I wouldn't would. care. She'd go I'd be like, us. I don't know. The Pisces and her may take over and she would cry. It would turn into a thing and we'd have to I would her literally feel be like, Jackie, yeah. you go. You loved her longer than me. I've already told you I have like, nothing to say to this woman. Like, I, I don't have any interest in actually meeting her. None. Taylor? Yeah, I don't. I would have nothing to say to her. Listen. Idolize her. I think afar. this is something we need to unpack. No. The next, the next podcast. <laughs> um, this is something I feel like I got some, I got some words for you. I got some words. Do you have some, do you have some gentle nudges for me? <laughs> They're so gentle. <laughs> Because <laughs> you know uh, me, I'm not harsh. The <laughs> last thing is um, Aaron and I are in the process of listening to the audio version of Glitch. So hey, it yo. should be coming out soon. Um, hopefully soon. We have a few corrections to make and then it will be released. And uh, then Interference, probably not December now. But Well, I mean, you never know. I, I'm literally, I like, I'm on it. Okay. Hey, you know what? You can doubt me. You know when I start writing, I'm like fire. I'm not. I'm not doubting you. We've just listen. You can't always write when you're supposed to just write. It's not. Yeah. Anyway. Also, okay. (laughs) Have a great weekend. Have the best weekend available to you guys. Make good choices. The best choices. Maybe a couple questionable ones. It's fine. Heather, you are welcome back. Anytime you want Literally to come. anytime. You're you one of the most proactive guests addition. we've had. Yeah. Literally. So next time, uh, Julie or Stacey Bale, expect a text message from me saying, you want to fill in? Uh, we appreciate I, I, you coming on. Yeah, Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. So I love anybody that can make me think differently than I thought and mm-hmm. change my mind. And I I love that. So yeah. Definitely. For sure. I can do For that. Sure. And if you're looking to buy a house in the Bay Area, you should hit Heather up. Hey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Heather. I sell and buy houses for clients. There you go. You know. Right on. All right. I'll keep that in mind. Not that I'm ever moving there. Aaron, you're moving here and I'll, I will get you a house. Oh, yeah. Ready. I'm there for sure. Oh my god, I can't wait. Jackie, it might happen sooner than you think. Just keep on putting it out in the air. Listen, I I think you're the person for the job. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, if I I think if anyone's going to convince her, it's going to be you. There's nothing more I can do. Listen, I am convinced it's my wife. Have a a good weekend, everyone. Bye. (laughs) Bye, Bye, mom. Bye. Fierce Fan Media.